Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Welcome to another edition of the Richard Listens podcast. Thank you for tuning in and for all your enthusiasm and excitement for chiming in on our live videos, for being present on Instagram, and for those of you who've been the first to sign up for my ebook through the website, Five Tips to Get Through Your Next High Pressure Moment. And for all those who've gone to patreon.com slash Richard Listens and joined our tribe and began supporting the show, I am grateful. Today, we move away from athletes and into the entertainment realm. We will have an Emmy Award winner in the field of animation. Uh, he is a producer, and you will know his work when you hear it, uh, as he's been, uh, his IMDb page is quite impressive. Uh, his name is Philippe Souter. Uh, if I pronounce my French, I took Spanish growing up, so uh, he will correct us. Uh, he has uh, been known for many, many shows, uh, including connected to animation for Iron Man and The Little Prince, as well as the Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, TV series. And my favorite growing up, don't tell anybody, Playmobil's Super 4. Uh, as well as Robin Hood and many others. Without further ado, uh, Philippe will be sharing with us keys to being an executive in a family-run business uh, in today's cutthroat world, how to bring in family to that environment and maintain family values and maintain success. Uh, without further ado, please welcome to the show, Phil. Hey! It's good to see you. It's been a while we haven't seen each other. Uh... <laughs> in flesh for sure but uh, even like this right <laughs> right the, the new reality of uh, i've been seeing your avatar online i've been seeing right exactly 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 <laughs> how much are you enjoying zoom are you liking it you know uh I, i've been able to record uh more podcasts since the quarantine than probably in the two years prior uh oh, cool. and i'm finally you know i gotta work on my fashion game i'm trying to put some appropriate uh, decorations in the background, inspiring posters. Uh, but, you know, nothing, nothing compares to sitting face-to-face -face, 
uh, with the energy in the room, even even some of the nerves and the sweat uh, and things like that that, that happened pre-show. How about for you? How's this uh, impacting your whole world and creativity? I know that we used to be able to see each other in the, the gym from time to time. And Yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, um, my fashion game is about the same as yours. I have a beard, glasses, and a blue t-shirt. So <laughs> if you're doing it, you must, you know, I must be doing something right. Uh, but I, I've been doing, you know, although we have a team across the world, we've actually, my brother and I, we've been, uh, for many reasons, working from home for quite some years now. So it, it's, I wouldn't say it's business as usual because being completely locked up like this, etc., is definitely different. But I would say that we were, a little bit more prepared to this kind of situation. So, you know, and, and in our line of business, uh, as you say, it's tough because the team don't have the interaction, but because they're spread out across the world, you know, we're less than 20 people spread out on five locations. So they've already been working, you know, with the teams and Zoom and Skype, etc. Everybody was used to. It's just that yes, the, some, yeah. some businesses and lines of work adapted really well. I know... Uh, certainly podcasters that have been shooting uh, yeah. podcasts from their closets. And, and I know sports psychologists that have been operating on their phones uh, and via Skype and these platforms for a long time. So, you yeah. know, that, that's kind of been part of the discussion I've been having with a lot of professionals is, is in what way does this crisis lead to opportunity? Uh, and for, I know for some it's easier said than done, but for uh, my line of work and, and for where I'm at, I think it's created an opportunity to slow down and look at in what directions can I reach more people? You know, how can I reach more people, listeners across the globe? Mm. Uh, you know, and the great thing about audio and podcasting is not only how far the reach can be, but uh, over time that the next generation will have access sure. to these information. Uh, so, you know, I, I in my intro, I, I, uh, told a little bit about uh, your brother is uh, is it Guillermo? Guillermo? Guillermo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is he is he is he the older brother who got who got who into what? Uh, <laughs> I, I am the older brother, and I, I was already a little bit uh, you know part of the entertainment industry and in the kids space, so I got him a little bit uh, part of it. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and we're going to get into a little bit of what it's like mm -hmm. to be sure. in, in a competitive environment and in, in, in production and, and, and to be working in a family environment. Um, what led you to get into uh, animation and the, and the kids uh, space, you know, from the beginning? Was it an evolution or was it always a desire of yours? Look, I think it's, it's uh, I always loved cartoon. As a kid, I was fascinated by cartoon, except now, but I'm not an artist, right? So many artists, They've always been drawing. They've always been telling stories. So it's a natural path for them to say, oh, I've been drawing cartoons. I want to be in cartoons. Uh, I wanted to be in entertainment per se. Uh, and so it was more a, a meeting and a coincidence. I, I happened to knew more than 20, 30 years ago, uh, since I was a child, actually, the, the head of Disney in Europe. And when he left, uh, it was getting back into the game and getting back into producing a cartoon. And I call him and say, hey, do you have a job? He said, no, I don't have a job. He hang up. And an hour after, he said, yeah, actually, I have a job. We're going to do the distribution. We need to get those shows being sold all across the world. So how about you come in and try to do that? And, you know, in America, you know, the whole idea of creating content and monetizing content is the essence of it, right? Like 
you're creating great stories, but the commercial aspect of doing it is incremental to the overall concept. Uh, very few people just want to create just for the beauty of creating, which is a little bit different in Europe. Not to say that in Europe, people don't want to make money, but you know, 15 years ago, the whole stress was about making the content. And while people were starting to try to set it all across the world, I say it wasn't the first focus on each and every producers uh, in their mind. And so this is what my brother and I, we were excited about. Of course, people were trying to do it, but we say, look, we, we just want to help you guys taking your brand and just selling it across the world, maybe giving you a little bit of, about money to do that. So that's really what we do. We invest and we help distribute and what we've been doing the past 15 years is helping, you know, independent brand owners, independent producers, etc., that have very high profile brands or high profile ambition of their brands and helping them to get those, those shows across the world. We've been doing that uh, successfully. I hope so. They would be the one to tell, but for the owner of the Chipmunks franchise, for example, it's been over five, six years we're working with them and, we help them to get success with the show that they're producing and creating all across the world. Uh, we did that with the Little Prince of Saint-Exupéry, but also with Marvel before they sold to Disney with or Iron Playmobil, Man. the toy companies. Yeah, so so that's what we do for- I was uh, mentioning in the intro, I, I read in your bio that you made a show from Playmobil. And that, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. that was my favorite growing up. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's a big brand. We were fortunate to be their partners on that. And again, you know, helping those brands to go across the world and helping the producers and the brand owners so that the show is airing in, in as many places as you can. So that's what we do. Yeah. And do you have to test the uh, applicability of the market for the same or the same character uh, or the chipmunks so they have worldwide appeal? Uh, you know, when, when you're lucky enough to work with the the chipmunks, you don't have to say about, oh, I want to test the market or this or that, right? So you need to make your decision. Um, and also as an independent company, I think one of the reasons that people come to us is our ability to be nimble and fastly reactive and believing in people and believing in projects. So it's, it's not really a business where you test the waters. It's really a, a business where you take your own risk based on, you know, how much you believe in the brand and how much you believe in the people behind it. A little bit like the producers or like the studios, et cetera. It's, it's about exactly the, the same thing that we do. Of course, uh, the experience that we have within the field help us to make calculated risk, right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. So that's why they, they're, they come to you to, to know. I mean, I know that, that over here, uh, you know, American children love some of the Japanese animation. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, anime is is really taken off, um, but yeah, it does. Uh, I see Pinocchio in your background. There is, I mean, is it the same love for a kid in in, in Asia to see uh, Pinocchio or um, it's uh, Robin Hood? I would say that you know, in today's world, what's happening in kids' entertainment is about exactly the same that is happening in any other industries, which is that today you have those massive brands and they've been so well sought and so well developed and so well written and they're so well marketed that they tend to work a little bit all across the world. Of course, there will always be a territory here and there when it doesn't work. But, you know, when you take a brand like Alvin and the Chipmunks, it's all working all across Asia, US, Latin America, Europe. Uh, so be, I was seeing that, you know, last year it was the most watched show 
of the decade in Europe, and it was the same in Italy and Germany and UK, <laughs> which are extremely different, uh, different shows, but you will always have brands that are like huge in Japan, huge in China, or, or mm. huge in France, or somewhat having problems to go across the world. Even some big American brands that are having problems to translate with the audience across the world. So it, it's a mix of both, you know, something they're very, very local, just like the movies or things for adults, sometimes you have things that, you know, don't translate as much and we're having a huge audience here on the domestic side and not really in the rest of the world. Right. Uh, so you're looking at more of an aggregate of global than, than necessarily trying to duplicate uh, what happens in one country and another. Yeah, we're trying to find shows that have the ability to work all across the world for sure. So how are you, you know, in, in this, you know, this this quarantine we're in, how are you keeping balance between business? Uh, like we mentioned, you can't get out. I know that, that exercise is a big stress reliever for you. How are you finding balance and, and you can't go and visit your teams uh, yeah. in quite the same so, way? So look, the, the first thing we've seen, uh, and I'm sure it's the same for you, is that when you're quarantined, uh, uh, you have more time than usual, right? Because, you know, most of us, we have a commute uh, or very long in-person meetings or this or that, et cetera, or, so you have more time, right? There's been some research that says everybody has between one hour to three hours more. Uh, you don't go out for lunch with a friend or this or that, et cetera. So the first thing is acknowledging you have more time. And the second thing is because you really have more time. And the second thing is, most of all of the businesses are a little bit slower, right? Like some of them, they had a lot of things to do, et cetera. But I would say that there's a big part of the business that are slower. So what do you do with all of those times? Uh, the thing that I've been trying to do is on a personal basis to have a routine, right? So I have, I consider I have three hours more every day. So I'm, I'm using it to go for a long walk. So what's one of the things I'm doing? Uh, and also, at the beginning, I was very stressed out about what's out there. It seems to be something that attacks the immune system, right? So the first thing I was really wanting for me, my family, and any of my friends would listen. Okay, it's the right time to exercise more, to eat better, to do more yoga, to do more meditation, and this and that, etc. It's, it's always frightening when you have a threat that you don't really have the ability. And so that's my personality. I'm thinking, okay, if I'm trying to do everything by the book, then whatever happens is whatever happens, right? Because I would have done everything that is in my power. So it's easier for me to go to bed at night. Uh, which is, which is a really healthy anxiety coping mechanism and preventative health measure to begin with. Yeah. I mean, at least if you've done everything right, then there's nothing else you can do, right? So, so that's the one thing. The, the other thing is, and it's, it's not a place to get political, but I think, you know, many governments, many cities, they're being amazing with their, uh, with the population in some other places, maybe a little bit less. Uh, and so I think as a manager, it's, it's the time to step up on seeing what you can do for your team. Right. So this is one of the things we've been thinking about, uh, you know, in France, there's a shortage of masks. So we find a way to send masks to all of our team because it looks like, you know, at the beginning, everybody said nobody should have masks. But now everybody needs to have masks. So it's one of the things we're doing. Uh, we're anticipating people that have to, to stay a little bit longer than they expected to work from home. So mm -hmm. we're sending a home climatization, AC, to everybody in the French office because we know it gets super hot during the summer and not everybody has 
AC was in their place. It's That's something right. that everybody has here. That's a major yeah. health concern in, in France. A lot of the seniors got ill last yes. summer. Is that right? Yeah. So, so we'll be doing that. Uh, we've been doing some fitness online contests with our team, uh, just you know, to try to keep being united. And whoever wins, like the company gives money to the to the charity under their name or this or that. So you know, just trying to do some basic thing on what can you do for yourself, helping helping the environment of people, and just trying to have fun as a team. And you know, fun is a big world when you're doing a a fitness com competition online. But at least trying to have something that. Uh, have everybody tried to be together, you know? Yeah, and, and morale building. And uh, I think, you know, I, I, you know, I've been doing some uh, Facebook Live videos with Amazon-based businesses. And one of the gentlemen even has virtual assistants and was talking about, you know, how you can develop rapport and care with your virtual assistant in this time. Because, you know, as much as we're in this mm -hmm. online world and we, we're disconnected and working in different time zones, everybody is facing some of this kind of fear of what's out there yeah uh, so any bit of human connection any little bit of uh offering someone a feeling that you care for them as a company probably goes a long mm, way sure yeah so you know we're trying to do uh what we can and also you know as a business i think for people to be able to get out of a crisis everything that we all do counts right so you know we're trying to make sure that we're not using as an excuse what's happening right now. So like the small businesses, uh, you know, self parties, et cetera, we're trying to make sure we pay them on time and, you know, just trying not to take too much benefit of the situation, trying not to act in a bad way is important. So we're asking to our bigger partners, say, hey guys, it's important you pay on time because, you know, with the smaller guys, we're going to try to pay on time as well. Otherwise, if every strength to use this situation as an excuse to not to act in the proper way, then this is when it gets complicated. It's always a balance as a company owner about, you know, doing the right thing and the survival of the company, right? But, you know, so far we have the ability, our business is still going. There's still kids watching shows across the world. Entertainment is, of course, going to be hit like all of the other industries, but it's not as hard as the restaurants or something like this where they just, you know, can't serve their consumers, right? Like, there is an audience out there and and so there's a need for content yeah people are probably consuming more i mean i know with their devices people can consume all the time sure uh well i know you can't reveal too many trade secrets but are people actually still like consuming animation are they are they are they purchasing new projects or has everything gone to a slowdown yeah, look i mean the the people are definitely consuming content and whenever there is a crisis uh people they tend to consume actually more entertainment entertainment and the home entertainment even more because maybe they'll go less on holidays or this or that so there's a little bit more income to that uh when it comes to you know cable television or this or that there's the fee that you pay to the carrier but it is also the advertising you're seeing up there so the advertising business is done right so for a broadcaster it's great if you're watching it, but it's great if you're watching it at a moment that they're selling a lot of advertising, right? So, which right now is not the case. However, when the industry, when the world will reopen, uh, it will be the time for everybody to get back to their market share, right? So it will be more important than ever to advertise because this is how everybody will keep their market share and this and that. So we're extremely hopeful that the entire industry, when it opens, it's going to be extremely important for the car companies or this or that to 
sell their, their inventories, reaffirm that they're the big players and this and that. So advertising will be back in a strong way. That's what we see. Yeah, that's a, that, so there may be some sort of a rebound effect. I mean, is there any comparison historically that you've seen in, in your years in this business or from the people that have been around? Uh, look, uh, we actually launched our company in 2008 and you were mentioning Iron Man and uh, our joke uh, back then, which is not the funniest joke on the planet, but it was <laughs> that, you know, the stock market was buying gold and the animation market was buying iron. And, <laughs> and everybody wanted Iron Man, everybody wanted the little prince because, you know, when you're going out of a crisis, usually your budget for the things that are less meaningful is taken, is taken out. But everybody's focusing on, oh, okay, I want the big brand. So they wanted the little prince. They wanted Iron Man, etc. Because this is how you get out of a crisis. You want to have the, you want to have the big shows out there. So this is what we, also, it seems to be a larger crisis than it was in 2008. Entertainment group, they will want to have the big brand that can reunite the entire family around on which they can market that everybody knows and this and that, etc. Like, you know, the kind of shows that ticks all of the boxes. And it's the same when you're going to go out there to purchase stuff. Maybe you say, okay, no, I want to make sure I get the nice car that I can keep for a long time and this and that, et cetera. And maybe, you know, less spending of a dollar here and there, et cetera. So usually it's how people have gone in out of crisis. So we'll just have to see how it is. But we're confident and, you know, we're getting involved in more content. Um, we're a family-owned uh, business. And so our vision is long-term, right? We, we, we're never in this industry to get in and out. Uh, we have the same business model for over 10 years now. So, you know, we're, we're here to stay. Uh, we actually see something interesting and some of the conversation that we're having with producers, etc. is that, you know, in, in times like this, family owned business, privately owned business, etc. with people that have a long-term vision with their partners, uh, their providers, outside partners, et cetera, tend to be businesses that people tend to rely more to because just they're more reassured that those guys, they're here to stick. Uh, and again, without being all philosophical about the whole market, et cetera, but you know, when we do our investments uh, and we're very lucky, my brother and I, that our father is handling the financial part of the company. And when I ask him, hey, how rich I am, he's not telling me, oh, you have, X million dollars or this or that. The only thing you say, oh, well, right now, if you don't do any sales for five years, you can still pay all employees, okay? Which is great to know, but I, I want to know more, right? Uh, but when you look he's, at He's all defining, of the, but that answer, he's defining wealth for you in terms of family value, uh, taking care of others, long-term yes. success uh, of a company through ups and downs. And so, you know, in today's world, when everybody will open the books of so many companies and when we'll see how they've operated, of course, there's some business, you know, you're a restaurant out there for two, three months for not being able to open. There's nothing. It's extremely sad, right? And there's nothing really you could have done. And we couldn't have told you, oh, you should have put money aside or this or that, et cetera. But there's a lot of other businesses where, you know, people, they've believed too much in the market. They've raised too much capital and this and that, et cetera. And so this is simply not what we've been doing. We've always been extremely careful. We could have developed 10 times, 20 times bigger than what we are right now, but it was just too fast, too soon, and it wasn't our story. So again, you know, when 
now, you know, what my father is always saying, oh, you can, we can, for a couple of years, we can sell zero shows and still be in business. Well, three months ago, I was still upset of him to hearing that all of the time. So like, I just don't care about that, right? And now suddenly it makes sense. And, you know, we're super proud, my brother and my father and I, and seeing that we're going through the crisis, it's not an exciting time. We'll probably lose money like many other companies, etc. But we can do the right thing for our employees. We can say to them, hey, you know, there's everybody's job is secure. We have work to do every day and we can send you masks and we can get you this and that, etc. And we can try to be united as a team. I, we're extremely proud to be able to go through a crisis this way. That's a beautiful thing to hear about, you know, family values, uh, small business, you know, core values and, and, and practicing and implementing them on a global a global basis, you know, where did you, you know, was this, you know, spoken of growing up between, you know, between your father and your brother and you, did you, you know, that, did you always know that you were going to, you know, follow in the steps into the business or like you said, there was a more evolution uh, over time? No, I mean, for, I thought it was a, um, it was more my personal story about this ambition of having a company and, about uh, doing it, you know, family-based. I think it came from, you know, sometimes things you see and things uh, you hear. I, I read once a long time ago, you say, you know, if you start with trust with somebody, then anything is possible, right? And so the, the easiest place to, to find trust is usually within the family, right? So that was one of the things for the whole concept of the family business, aside of the quality of my brother and us getting along and this and that. But it was the ability to say, okay, you can have a partner and you can trust yourself on the long term. Uh, after the ambition about uh, having a company, I think it's always something I wanted. Uh, but it came from an anecdote. I was with uh, my boss, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And he had a friend who had a big job, uh, big job for a big, big company in Europe. And, the, you know, he came for lunch. This guy came for lunch uh, with us. And he was doing a beautiful job running a, a very large corporation in a country. And he arrived, um, he was a little bit overweight, but he really looked like a king. You know, he had a, a pink shirt and a big tie and he had his driver dropping him up for the lunch and this and that, etc. And I knew he was doing a great job. And one month after he was, you know, fired through an email. He was with the company for 20, 30 years. And we saw him a month after, and I think he was, completely destroyed because you know when you've dedicated your life to a relationship and suddenly it ends in this way and you're saying okay i've done so much for this group of people or this or that and you're seeing that it's the worst thing that can happen to you right and so i think aside of the financial toll that that this brought to him the fact that suddenly a group that he cared so much about for over 20 years, we just sent him an email to end the entire relationship out of something just because there was new management or this or that, etc. When I saw that, it was extremely frightening to me. And, and I, I saw to myself, I just, you know, I don't want to be in this situation, right? I, I'd rather call my own shot. And, and if I knew with my personality that if I didn't achieve it, it was my responsibility. Frankly, I wouldn't care that much. But I didn't know how would I, I would have been able to handle the same situation, would have been extremely bitter or this or that, et cetera. So it's just something I didn't want to risk. Uh, there's, you know, there's always a trade into doing something or not. 
It's just a risk I, I, I knew in my gut I, I just didn't want to take. Yeah. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. In taking the safer route or, or just getting connected to one co company yeah, rather than I mean, creating your own. I, I didn't want to take the risk of having my entire career being dependent of, of somebody or an organization that could turn their back on me in a split second. It's just something that when I saw this great guy and I knew that he was doing a great job and everything vanishing one day through an email and I know how yeah. harsh some big groups can be. I just didn't want to risk being in this situation 10, 15 uh, years from you now. Know, I've yeah. seen it happen to, to, to many, many, you know, Americans as well. And many men sure. who, especially of the older generation who that was the value of going to work, working for one company. It doesn't yeah. seem to be so much uh, the trend these days where more and more people are moving into entrepreneurship or being able to create yeah. uh, content on their own. Uh, thankfully, uh, so that they can create more ownership over their destiny and, um, you know, develop their own tribe rather than being dependent yeah. on, uh, you know, a big business in this way. And, and, and noticeably that that would be a, a kind of a shaking experience to witness someone you cared about going through that. Um, how have you maintained, uh, you know, your own, uh, you know, I know, I know you're not on the creative end, but, but, you know, you're, you're going creativity in this process. I know you're talking about mission and values, but how do you keep yourself excited? Um, and what are some of your favorite projects uh, you're working on? So, you know, I keep getting excited because entertainment is a prototype industry, right? So each new project you're starting from scratch. So I like the whole concept of building. I like the whole concept of building with people. And I get excited by the people I meet, the producer I meet, and their vision about what they want to do. And, and you know, what's the value we can bring uh, to them in that. Uh, right, right now, more and more, we have, a, of course, we're doing, you know, very entertaining projects. But we have a few projects that have a lot of heart and also... Um, I have a little bit more of a mission. We're developing, a, we're having a show that, that we're going to represent called My, Me and Cody. And the whole concept is going to have great and entertaining adventures of this little girl, Mia, and she has a robot. 
and is a coding robot. And she's going to be in adventures where she's going to learn to code her way out of situations, right? And interact with the audience. So in a way, like, you know, what Dora would be doing was doing 10, 15 years ago and say, hey, do you guys think we need to go left or right? Well, this is the, you know, 2.0 version of that because it's going to have kids seeing those blocks and finding their ways out of situations. So that's very exciting because more than ever, you need to get kids entertained, but also having kids being able to learn stuff through what they're watching. Uh, another project we're working on that we're extremely excited about is that we're developing a cartoon with uh, Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. That's incredible. Uh, Hopefully you know, he's going to be, fingers crossed, he's going to be a guest on the show soon as well. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> and you know, uh, Caesar's mission through trust, respect, and love is just the greatest uh, story that you can tell to children. So adapting his whole world uh, of understanding nature, understanding animals, and understanding dogs, you and children, when you speak to Caesar, he explained you that the language of dog is empathy, right? and providing the ability to kids in a great environment with a lot of dogs and a lot of adventures, et cetera, to understand that is fantastic. Also, you know, Caesar, all of his life, as you know, he's been the number one when it comes to intervention with animals, right? So he comes to your home and you have- Animals and, your and owners, and, right? <laughs> and, and so what's great, what we can do for sure for children is that, of course, it, it would be too harsh, you know, to do, uh, intervention for young children, four to seven-year-old, which is the target we're going out for the show. But the great thing we can do is prevention. And it, it's so great to work on prevention with kids so that they can understand how to communicate and really understand empathy in, in a way that it has never been done before. So this is extremely exciting for us. Uh, and we're very fortunate to work with Caesar on this. Yeah, I, I saw that you have your uh, assistant, your own dog in the background there. And uh... <laughs> I have two dogs and I listen to what Caesar say because it's hard to control them. Uh, they're not perfect right now, but I have a little treat just in case they go crazy with the door, etc. <laughs> because with the smell, I know that they can, you know, get them back here fast if it's necessary. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask. I saw some some articles that people were noticing their pets uh, behaving differently during the quarantine. Have you noticed uh, the dogs getting clingier or, or are they used to be you being around? Yeah, look, they're used to being around, but I think it's also, you know, uh, Caesar, he always tells you that the first thing that an animal needs is exercise, right? So he always say exercise, discipline, and affection. And I think for a lot of people, maybe they've heard that and they didn't really connect with it. They heard it, but they didn't listen to it. And now that they're stuck at home, they realize how important it is to exercise and <laughs> go out there and interact with people, etc. So maybe it's easier for them to understand, you know, how hard it is for a dog if he's alone all day long in a house for nice nine hours. It's really tough how it is to be stuck in a zoo or this or that. It, I hope, you know, it helps people to understand what animals are, are living sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, physiologically, uh, if I sit here all day and people say, well, how, you know, you're in Zoom sessions or tele-sessions, how's it working? I was like, well, if I don't get up and move, my body will respond by getting fatigued. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have headaches. So I'm so thankful. Uh, I, you know, I go barefoot. I walk on my grass or uh, to get oh. a lap. A lot of walking going on. I'm thankful for all the in-home workouts just to get uh, 20, 30 minutes of yoga and yeah. blood flow and circulation um, so we can be focused and present. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's helping. Yeah, yeah. So we go for on a walk with the dogs. It help. It's helping them as well. Long walks. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to get uh, hopefully Caesar that clip. I'm sure he'll be proud. You're a good student, and applying his <laughs> his teachings. So, uh, I mean, highlights of your career. I mean, you've actually won an Emmy. Uh, uh, what was that like? And did you ever uh, set that as a goal when you set out? So first, thank you for this. The, I don't think we've set up goals. I think at the beginning, you know, we thought, okay, we're going to be family-owned. We're going to focus on, on big brands. And we're going to focus on a, one very narrow and specific part of the business, which is investment and distribution and brand management. And so helping leading independence through that. So that was really, uh, really our, our goal. And just, you know, working on the limited number of brands and trying to uh, select premium brands. So that was really, really the goal. Uh, the Emmy, we share it as a distributor, right? Because it's really the producer that, that won it. Uh, but it was super proud for us because it was our show, The Jungle Bunch. Um, and it's the first time that an animated Emmy was worn uh, by a French company. Uh, so I'm French. Maybe you've seen that through my accent, although it's extremely well hidden. So that was great. Uh, but uh, I think it's more now that we have a checklist of goals and, and stuff that we want to uh, achieve. And, and at the beginning, maybe we should have done it, but we just wanted to be up and running and getting the best shows or this or that. And we didn't have that strong of a checklist of what we wanted to achieve, right? Also, I think what was important to us is selling shows in the US, you know, when you like entertainment, of course, it means you've been fascinated by Hollywood since you were extremely young and this and that, and, you know, having the ability to bring non-US show to the US market is usually something that international companies are excited about. And now we're also based in the US and we have a lot of shows here uh, that are working successfully. Miraculous Ladybug is a big success on demand, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, it's top shows on Nickelodeon, so we're really proud of those. So that was, I think, one of the first and biggest goal, you know. So it's interesting, um, you know, you, you started out, you know, when you when you advise a young company uh, in starting out, uh, it sounds like you started out really mission and value based, and now the goals have become uh, secondary. Is that maybe um, a better recipe for long-term success? Yeah, I mean, look, it's nice of you to say that I was uh, value and mission-based. I don't think it was true when, when I started. Uh, uh, you know, it was 10 years ago. You're younger. I was in my Remember, late Remember, Richard 20s. listens. Richard listens to what was happening. So Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, but uh, you know, I was in my late 20s. So I think 20 years ago, I, I just wanted to gain market share, right? Like the only thing I really care was, like, okay, I want to be the number one independent distribution company in animation. That's really the only thing I was caring about. Uh, and you know, when we got there, at least through our own set of criteria, because we didn't went for being the largest, but I think we went to being the one with the nicest catalog and the biggest success on a very few number of brands, etc. So this was our success when we saw some of our competitors that were raising debt and building this and that. It wasn't our story. We just didn't want that. Uh, so once we achieved being number one out of our criteria, right, this is where I think the whole mission value and, you know, our, our father joined uh, my brother and I like five years ago, which helped to raise a different ways of doing business. When your father is in the room, you listen a little bit more than when it's others, right? And so 
I think the, the mission and the value is more an evolution and something my brother and I, we keep trying to work on because we see it as a next step in our career and what we want to do and like everything we're trying to do for the team and this and that. I don't think we would have even thought about it 10 years ago. Not that we were bad people 10 years ago, mm -hmm. but it's just an, an evolution. You, you don't want to achieve the same stuff at 20 and 30 and 40. And yeah, you're growing as a person at the same time you're growing as a, as a businessman. Yeah. Also, I would say that, you know, it's really a people business. Uh, we have fantastic partners. You know, many of our partners, they work with us, hopefully, because they believe we can do a great job. But I think the nature of our business, of us being a family business, etc. you know, when, when we were, had the chance to work with the owner of the Alvin and the Chipmunks, right? They're the last, it's the last billion dollar franchise privately owned in the US. And so each time we say we represent the chipmunks, we say, but why would they work with you? Uh, so I try not to be as funded. I say, well, why, why would you say that, right? Say, no, why do they work with you? Why aren't they with a big studio or this or that? But you know, they're a family-based company. It's three generations. They're doing their show by themselves. They also work with their kids and this and that. So when two company meet, and tend to have a little bit the same structure, you know, no debt, privately owned, working as a family. Of course, trust is a little bit easier, right? Like the big group work with the big group, the medium one with the medium one, and so on and so on. Uh, so I think also we've been inspired, my brother and I, throughout the years by our partners and, you know, seeing their work ethic and seeing what they were seeing as a success. Also, out of all of the producers we work with, the biggest success we've had have usually came up from you know, producers that are really hands-on on their project. And, you know, the guys that want to be here from A to Z, from the day they show you one image to the day they deliver you the entire show to the promotion and this and that, etc. Out of our experience, we're seeing they're the ones succeeding, you know? Uh, so, of course, you need a lot of luck and there's timing and this and that. But our little experience is that the biggest success that we had, the show that are in season five, six, seven, number one in ratings, they're the one not created by the biggest group, but they're the one created by the one who cares the most. And who have been there from the first day to the last day, and, you know, they're on set, they're watching the animation and all of that. So I think this is something that has inspired my brother and I as well. That's really important. You know, when, when I tell, you know, the tie in to sports a little bit, when an athlete goes to choose a school and they look at the coach, they look at the environment, you know, yeah. is it, the, is it, is there synergy in the environment? Is there synergy with the people that you partner with and are they going to, you know, give you the, the kind of education you want, the kind of culture, even at the professional level uh, that'll help you to grow. Uh, even if you're a young athlete going far from home, you want to make sure that the, the coaches, uh, is it a big city, small city? Is it going to create that kind of development in the process uh, of the yeah. relationship? Uh, you know, in light of what you've just shared with us, you know, maybe in, in the closing minutes here, uh, what, you know, how should a student or someone interested in, in, in film or animation or even in the distribution st uh, side, how would you recommend the next generation uh, get started? And, uh, you know, how can they utilize technology to, to make that journey the easiest? I would say it's, I don't know any other industry, right? Like cartoon is the only thing I've done all my life. What I can say is that it's a tough industry to break in because entertainment and cartoons, everybody wants to do it, right? So I would say the first thing is if you want to get into this industry, you better be sure that you're really excited about it and it's really something you want to pursue because it's, it's a long way, right? 
So that's the first thing. After there's two things, because there's always, you know, now I've been living for four or five years in America and I love the resilience of people. You know, even at 45 year old people, they can have failed in five businesses and they'll pitch you the sixth one and the seventh <laughs> one and they're always trusting themselves. It's great because in Europe we have great entrepreneurs, but the American resilience is something that we don't have it there. So I love the fact that people, they always fight and they always pitch you like it's the best idea that has ever came out. So I think that's unique and I, you know, I can only, but look America for this inspiration, but also researching the industry, trying to understand, you know, what is the value you're bringing in? And if your project makes sense or not, trying to have, if you're a producer trying to have a partner that can bring you the credibility that maybe you don't have, you know, just always looking into yourself and what do you bring and what you're missing, right? If you think you have the best and most creative idea, but you don't have experience, then try to find an experience uh, partner to pitch it, right? The other thing is that in today's world, if you're creative, if you're making stories, if you're making designs, etc., with all of those platforms, uh, for the first time, there's a show we're partnering on development and my brother, just find an artist on Instagram. And usually we work like with the big names and we work with people that have worked on like, you know, hundreds of million dollars movie at Pixar and Universal and Disney. And it just happened that this guy is just incredible. He's been doing the entire development for us. So it's just so easy to showcase how great you are. I think if you're amazing, it's you know very easy to showcase all of that. So you should take benefit. I don't know if it's Pinterest, Instagram, doing a video every day. You know, with the lockdown right now, it's so great to see so many people. As you say, you know, you've never done as many uh, podcasts, and everybody's using the time that they have to build a platform. Maybe you're interested in one person, two person, but it's just even if if nobody watches it or this or that, it's just. You're growing personally, you're building friendship and all of that. So it's, I love it when I see people using this time to try to do that. You know, whatever is the size of the project, of the audience, or this or that, because you're just getting it out there. It's helping you. So I think that's, that's what I would advise to the younger generation, especially as they're, you know, I, I, I see with my kids, each time I, I post something on Instagram, they're laughing out loud because they're like oh it's so lame like everything i'm doing is in, like only an old person like me would post this way or make this joke or this or that and you know you're as a father you never think you're in the dad joke you know kind of era and everything you do is you know I, i'm sure you're seeing the same with your kids right so I, I think it's interesting right just to try to understand the medium because I'm not in an age where I'm going to be that offended if my post is stupid, but at least I'm trying to understand what's happening out there, right? So exactly. I think it's yeah, I mean, you know, I've been begging my daughter just to do a TikTok with me just as a way to, to draw her out. And yeah. I think there's, there's something beautiful, this whole experience with being a podcaster, entering a medium, you know, my journey coming from a PhD and at least, you know, the Western theory that you would have all the answers to, to struggles and problems. And in reality... Yeah. Uh, we're all novices. We're all struggling with things. So this is opportunity to learn things. And the people who I go to to help me, besides 
the library of YouTube, uh, you know, uh, the people who are uh, assisting me with editing the show, you know, they're all in the cohort of, you know, 18 to 24, 25. And yeah. some, some of this nature is second, second nature, you know, using all these apps and posting and they're the first ones to give me feedback and say, you know, you need to do more of this. You need to, and I love the amount, <laughs> you know, obviously if it comes from a great place, the feedback is you're learning every day. Exactly. And you know, that that's what they say, right? Like just put it out there. Right? just put it out there. What do you care? It's okay. You know, a friend of mine, you always say like you, before you start the no, you already have it. Like the worst thing, you already have the no. So let's try to get the yes. Right. So. Exactly. And that's, you know, we, we tie it back in just, you know, closing the quarantine and, you know, as much as it's really hard to be stuck, you look at what you really have and then you just get a moment, the theme that I've looked at with people who've gone through any kind of transition, whether it be an athlete and an injury or retirement uh, or quarantine like this is the opportunity to get to know yourself better. Uh, and so, yeah. and sometimes the only way you get to know yourself is through doing. Uh, I noticed that I'm spending an hour a day reading. I, I realize I love to read. I, I probably never said that out loud or made enough time for it. Uh, mm. and, you know, I get to see that I'm doing more podcasts. I get to see how much I love it. I get, like you said, my relationships, who do I see every day? Who am I connected to? Uh, we've known each other you know, for a few years and I get to appreciate even the moment to reflect upon people and what the gifts that they're sharing with me. Uh, it's strengthening you know, my sense of uh, connection to a tribe and the world and uh, maybe when we're busy running around, we don't quite notice, uh, you know, the connections we we do have, you know, so we're paying attention to the the, the, the job we didn't get or the, the things we haven't yeah. achieved yet. It's human nature, no matter what level of success, uh, financially or otherwise, to be looking at the lack or even uh, in fitness, as you mm -hmm. well know, right? We don't really look back and go, wow, in the last two years, I, you know, I've been committed and showing up, you know, we're just always comparing to, you know, who what's next. Uh, and that can, you know, that can be a, a self-perpetuating cycle, which doesn't feel feelings of gratitude and appreciation and, and acknowledging success. I think it's okay to step back and be like, you know, I'm glad to be uh, a business that can still provide for my employees. And that is, that is my, you know, that I didn't even realize that was my definition of sustenance and wealth, but I think you're redefining uh, wealth through PGS entertainment. And I think, you know, just being able to deliver and share and make your time available uh, to the next generation is, is a sign of uh, creativity and inspiration. So thank you for being generous with your spirit. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and your time in saying goodbye to everyone. Maybe you can tell them how to get a hold of you or contact you, your social media handles or any closing yeah. thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the, the easier is to uh, contact me through Instagram. I, I would say it's the easiest thing. And since we're recording this on Zoom and that now you've learned so much, I'm <laughs> sure uh, when people will be able to see this Zoom, they will be right under my name, the, my Instagram um, exact name well written right under the, the, the screen, that's, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, Everything will be in the show notes. That's right. You could, yeah, exactly. You could say it, but we'll have it all in the show notes, how to contact um, you know, um, Phil or commonly known as Philippe, uh, and PGS entertainment and, yeah. uh, you know, any hashtags he wants us to include, including, and yes, uh, I mean, it's, it's at Phil Suter, uh, on Instagram. Well, uh, it was great talking to you, Richard. I think it's fun <laughs> and it's true that we know each other for a long time. Uh, all of my friends will make a lot of fun of me because 
when you go on richer listens, it's about top athletes and this and that, etc. <laughs> so it's so ashamed to be on the show because I'm anything but a top athlete. Uh, We've had so a lot of entertainers too, and I've seen you in the gym. Okay. You're, you're a force okay. to be messed with. <laughs> yeah, but that being in the gym and being an entertainer, they're two different. And, and being a, you know, a, an athlete is two different things. But you that's know, true. That's fine. It's but I okay. see your work ethic, and that's what I'm interested in. And, uh, okay. you know, you'd be surprised. I've had a lot of uh, in, uh, basketball players and, and who became writers. So uh, people, you know, they transition. The, the athletic career is sometimes uh, six years, eight years. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, so no, they may sure. be coming to you. They may be listening to your show soon for, for notes. <laughs> well, I, I listen to them because, they, yeah, that's one thing fascinating in sports is how they get there, right? So that's cool. That's right. Well, thank you for being a guest. We hope that oh, we can uh, so much. Uh, share with you. As uh, uh, Is there a date on the Cesar Milan project release? Is there any... Uh, there's not 18 in uh, development right now. Yeah. Okay. Animation Exciting. takes time. It takes 18, 24 months to make. But yeah. Wow. Well, uh, I'm going to follow both of your advice and, and move my body and, and move my, uh, my family <laughs> and, uh, yes. and keep healthy daily and take stock of that, the, the mental health and emotional health. I, th I hope all our listeners are as well. Uh, we empathize with everyone out there going through, uh, you know, loss of job, furlough or any kind of health challenge. And we hope that we're adding content to you. Uh, wherever you are, whether you're stuck in your car, your living room, you're listening on your phone just to get a little space from your uh, family and situation. Again, if you want to contact me, Richard Listens on Instagram, check out my patreon.com slash Richard Listens page for advanced content to get a copy of this show early or any of our shows uh, and look out for little clips of some of the nuggets of wisdom uh, Phil has uh, shared with us today. And thank you for signing up. Uh, with your email address, you get a free copy of my ebook, and uh, we appreciate all your support, uh, your authentic presence, and for sharing your gifts with us. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.